Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. Does anyone in here speak another language fluently? You all speak another language, don't you? Could, could, I, could I borrow you for a minute, either one of you? I, I need you for the purposes of ministry. You've been called to service this morning. Could you do that for me? Thank you. All right, let me set this up. I think this one, this one, right? Okay, thank you, Brahani. She's, she's a bit shy. And her, her husband and daughter are looking back there. <laughs> now, let me say this. One of the challenges we have when we talk about faith, and we talk about, we're going to be talking about the law of confession this morning. The challenge we have in in, in our walk of faith is converting, conversion, conversion of the kingdom in which we live in so that it, it becomes uh, a, something that comes and manifests itself in this natural realm. And so we get stuck. We're, we're stuck in two kingdoms, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. And, and our challenge many times is converting, converting uh, in many ways our mindset from the worldly kingdom over to into this kingdom, but also concepts of God, getting them to the place of coming out of our mouth and converting and manifesting. So I'm going to ask Brahani and her native language to just say several words, just, just communicate something to us in ever how many words. If you want to even preach this morning, that would be all right too. <laughs> but but I, want, I want, this is for the case of, of an example. So check. Just say a few words in that. Okay. All right. So I want you to say just several several comments or statements in in uh, what's the name of your language? I know you're from Ethiopia, but what's Amharic? Uh, Did I say that right? Amharic. Okay. So could you speak in Amharic? Just whatever you want to say. All right. Other than her husband and possibly her daughter, um, someone tell me what she just said. Praise the Lord. Is that what you said? Praise the Lord. But you guessed, right? Yeah, you guessed. You know you guessed. So that was just a good guess right there. All right. Now, now, was that, was that with confidence? In other words, she did guess. I know she guessed because she didn't know that. And the rest of you guys guessed also. And so many times, even when we are talking to God or, or hearing from God, we're guessing. And there's no confidence in guessing. We don't want to guess. All right, now say, say something like talk to your husband uh, and tell him something about, you know, maybe whatever you want to tell him. You know, just say some, just communicate in, 
just, just tell us whatever you want to tell us. Okay? Well, we know what that is. Clean the house up. That's what she does. <laughs> just, just joking. So does anyone know what she said? Anyone other than, other than uh, Joseph? What? Something, something about church. Did, did you say something about church? We love this church. All right, you guys are guessing now. <laughs> guessing, guessing. All right. All right, so, so t- say something. Tell us, tell us about your country. Whatever you want to tell us. Alright. Does anyone know what she's just said? Anyone? No one knows. Alright, so so she said words, didn't she? But we couldn't convert those to what? Thoughts. Right? We couldn't convert them to thoughts, and therefore we can't say what she just said. And neither can we enjoy what she just said. Neither does it invoke any feelings about what she just said because we, didn't, we don't know what she said. And so it is with the word of God. Even though we can say the language that it is being spoken in, it ne- doesn't necessarily mean that it, it converts to thoughts. And those thoughts, then we can get, convert those to words. And then those words begin to produce for us. We have uh, Espanol, Right? Come on up here. Thank you for Ethiopia. Now we're going to go to Guatemala. All right. Thank you so much. Let's give her a big round of applause. Now I know we have, who speaks Spanish in here? You speak some Spanish? A little bit? Okay. Anyone else? A little, little? Okay. All right. Back here. All right. So let's dupe them then. They think they know, just speak some, some high level Spanish, some stuff that they don't know. All right, let's go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm certain you can do it. Anything, yeah. Yeah, take that. <laughs> take that. So what, 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 did, what did she say? Okay, is that correct? All right, so this is very good. Now, now, my point is she was able to convert that to something because those words meant something to her. And they created thoughts in her. And those thoughts she converted to what? Words. 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 Como amaneciste? Habla inglés, muy bien, gracias, y tú, bien, adiós, buenos días, buenos noches, pretty good, that's all I know, thank you very much, all right, now, where are we going, thank you for, where are we trying to go with this? Let's look at some scripture here, and let's, let's go back to our basic principle of Mark eleven twenty three, 23, 
And I thought Greg Marquez did an excellent job of sharing about faith. So we're just going to dig in a little deeper on this. Mark eleven twenty two says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. For I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, Be thou lifted up and be thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You must believe it in your heart. You must believe it in your heart. You must believe it in your heart. The conversion that takes place of our words is in our heart. We convert those words to thoughts, to images. And when they are converted to thoughts and images, they actually, actually can have a feeling to them. Right? When we understand them and, and, and have, a, have, have um, uh, a concept, concept, conceive, conceptual, something is conceived in us when we hear those words, conception always brings what? Birth, right? When we conceive, we bring forth birth. We birth something. If we can't conceive, we never bring forth birth. And I think the challenge in, even in, in many in Christendom is that there's, there's something that causes us not to conceive, not to conceive, not to conceive. Even in childbirth, in, in, child, in, in, in uh, having a child, um, there are certain times in which a woman can have, is, is fertile, right? And when conception happens, during this time, she, is, she can have a child. Other times, she may not have one. Even though all things being equal, same activity goes on, but not necessarily conception. Right? So what am I saying? Look at some, look at some scripture here. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1. You all are very familiar with Genesis 1, I know. So, as we, as we get ready to go and look at Genesis chapter 1, what comes first? The chicken or the egg? <laughs> what comes first? Thoughts or words? What comes first? Thoughts or words? Thoughts or words? Words or thoughts? When it comes to building, when it comes to creating, when it comes to manifesting, what comes first? Let me put it that way. Thoughts or words? Thoughts. Thoughts. And what are our words for? We found out in, in Hebrew, I mean, Proverbs chapter, I think it's 16, or chapter 18, excuse me. It says, life and death is in the power of the what? And those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. It does not say that life and death are in the power of the devil. Huh. What about that? It does not say life and death is in the power of the devil. Even though the devil is seeking to gain power, so how would he gain power? If he knows the principle or the law of life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof, then what is he also trying to get? 
He's trying to get He's trying to get our tongue. And how would he get our tongue? If getting our tongue is having thoughts and having images, how would he seek to do that? What realm does he want us to operate in? What realm does he want us to focus on? Where does he want us to see our plans from? When pain hits our body, what does the devil want us to do? Look at, meditate on, think about, murmur, about the pain, about the excruciating pain that I'm going through so that I can begin to tell everyone how painful it is, how sick I am, how terrible it is. When, when, what does he want us to do when it comes to uh, our, our finances? If the enemy's trying, if he knows life and death is in the power of the tongue, then what does he want us to do? He wants us to, to do the same thing those that do what? Meditate upon the word of God day and night. So that you might have what? Good success. So the principle works on either side. So if, if there's something out here, the enemy would want us to begin to look at, meditate on, think about, come up with a plan. That is what, what worry is. Worry is a plan for failure. A plan for failure. You see, and worry is always based upon what we see, is it not? It's based upon, oh my goodness, we don't have enough. Oh my goodness, I feel some pain. Oh my goodness, my child is going awry. Oh my goodness. And we're looking at it, we're thinking about it, and next thing we know, we get on the phone, we talk about it. We begin to talk about it. We begin to, because we see a thought, we see a vision of it. And we convert that vision that we see into what? Words. We convert it into words. So it's, a, it's, it's vitally important that we get this because the enemy is seeking to destroy our lives through our words. God is seeking to build our lives from our words. Now, Genesis chapter 1, it says, uh, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of of the waters. Why do you think the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters? He was doing what? Why do you think he was, what was he doing? What was, what was, what was he waiting for? What was, the, what was the, the Spirit of God? He was hovering over the, the waters. There was nothing there. Everything was form and void and nothing was there. And what was the Holy Spirit? What do you think he was doing? He was ready to what? He was ready to hear the words so that he could convert them. He was wanting to convert words. My words are spirit and they are life. My words are spirit and they're life. My words are spirit and they're life. My word, who was the conceiver? God was the conceiver. He was conceiving things. He had a plan. He saw something and he wanted to make it happen. And so to make it happen though, notice how he did it. He says this. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, and God went down to earth, and he began to dig up dirt so that he could make an island. Doesn't say that, does it? Do you think God got his hands dirty making earth? Let's find out how he did it. 
He says, and God said, and God said, and God said. In other words, his thoughts came out. God said, and his thoughts came out through his words, and his words are what? Spirit and life. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, and he, then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And, even pa- and, the, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. And God, then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters from the heavens from the waters from the earth. And that is what happened. God set, made uh, this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heaven, and God called the space sky. And even past morning, and evening passed, and morning came, marked the second day. And God, then God said, and now if you go on down through here, you'll see over and over again where it says, verse 14, then God said. Verse 20, then God said. Verse 24, then God said. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man or humans beings in our image and to be like us. How how would we be like them? How is it that we're supposed to be like them? It says, and let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us make them like us. And so when we see God here, we see this, this picture of God. He obviously knew what he wanted. He had a plan. He had thoughts. And the way we convert those thoughts into something that is tangible and something that can be manifested is the spirit in which they're spoken out the spirit in which we speak our words out in that's how it happens that's how it operates that's how we become that's how we have things in our life is by converting our thoughts into words our spirit is kind of like a big bag, ready to do what? Release words. Words. That's why the Bible says to us, be careful how you collect images, collect thoughts. Be careful how you collect thoughts. Be careful what you hear. Y'all with me? Be careful what you hear. Because however you hear will determine what you produce or what will be taken from you. You got to get this. This is beyond religion. Everybody say this is beyond religion. So if I'm, if I'm a consumer of words and thoughts, that's what I am. I'm a consumer. We all are a consumer of thoughts, images, words, words, and they go down into a sack called our spirit. And then they are produced from that sack. We speak words that come back out. That's why it's very dangerous to, let, to allow um, certain images to enter into your thoughts, into your mind. There's a reason why some people don't ride airplanes. It's not because they woke up one day when they were a baby and immediately as a child they were afraid of airplanes or afraid of water or afraid of whatever. It's because images came. Images. Images. 
downloads, words, people speaking. And next thing you know, I'm never going to what? I'm never going to. And then they never do. There's a reason why some people never get ahead, never move forward. Because they've built up a lot of faith for not going forward. It's on the inside of them. And they're speaking it out of their mouths. Uh, you know, it's not going to happen. That man, they, they won't let me have that job. They're not, they not going to let us have those jobs. Where does that come from? A long line of years upon years of, of oppressive images and words. Let's look at some more truths here. So we're made in the likeness of God. Look at some, some, some other things here. Look at um, look at chapter 12 of John, of Matthew, excuse me. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. Say amen when you get there. It says a, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Now, let me ask you, what makes a bad tree or a good tree? Before you even look any further, what, is, what makes a tree? If I, get, if, I, if, if I get rotten apples, is it because the branch in which the apples were on was rotten? Or, or was everything rotten? Or was, every, it was the only thing rotten about the tree... Well, let me, let, me, let me go back. If I get bad fruit, any kind of bad fruit, continuously, not fruit that is overripe, but bad fruit, like it comes off and when it comes out, it's already bad. Where does that come from? Does that come from the fruit? Did the fruit become bad on its own or did it come from something else? Where did, what's the something else? The soil, the roots, right? Something on the inside of that tree. A good way of telling whether or not a tree is okay or not. We have, as I've said before, we have a lot of trees around our house. And, um, and so we've had uh, an arborist come out and tell us what trees look like they might need to come down and what trees can stay. And one thing they look at is they look at the needles, there's a pine tree. They look at the needles and see if there's brown when a brown shouldn't be there. And if a, if, if a tree is supposed to be evergreen and it's brown, something is what? Something's wrong. Where? On the needles? No. In the roots. In the core of the tree. So, and I don't know which one to believe because one guy comes out and says, oh, man, your trees are just fine. There's nothing wrong with them. Another one comes out and says, hmm, I think that one needs to come out and that one needs to come out and that one needs to come out. Another one says, oh, man, we got trees like this and vines around ours all over our house. Man, you, no problem. But I've been looking at them needles. And there's one tree beside our house. It's not the pine tree. But one of those trees, it looks like it's half and half. It's like half alive and half dead. 
So I've been thinking about calling you Joseph soon and uh, having you come by and do some work. Is that okay? <laughs> He's a good, he, he can do that kind of work. But listen to me. How do we know? How do we know that something on the inside is wrong? By what, by what it's producing, right? How can you tell that things in me are not what they should be? Look at what we're producing. They tell me that you can actually doctor up a tree. Like, I guess you give it medicine, I suppose. I mean, they do that. And what are they doing when they, when they doctor up a tree? They're trying to get the inside right so it can produce on the outside. And so we can look at trees now and tell what, whether or not the, 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 the root is good and, the, and the, the, the core is good. So we should also be able to look at our lives and be able to tell whether or not what we're producing. Am I continuously producing the same thing year after year? Is, is am, I, am I still producing? Am I manifesting what I want? So it says here, as we read on, a tree is identified by its fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. For whatever is in your what? Heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And the evil person produces evil things from the measure, from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Whew. It's heavy, heavy, is it not? How come we've not heard more about this? If it's this critical an issue. How, how is it that we continue to talk like there's no consequences to our words? How is it that we just continue on and on, just, you know, lallygagging around with our words, talking and speaking and saying things that can potentially cause us great harm? He says, out of the, out of the good, out of a good person produces good things from the treasury, from the treasury, from the treasury of a good heart. Now, we've said this before, are these, are these Christians that he's speaking to right here? And the answer is, no, they're not Christians. They're not even born again. This is pre-Christ. This is pre-crucifixion. Um, uh, 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 but the, the principle still works the same. So someone else could take these same principles right now and, and store up good things in their heart and produce good things in their lives. That's why the Tony Robbins out there, I mean, he's, I don't know him to be a Christian. I don't know if he is or is not. But what is he doing? He's telling people, just be positive, right? Just, just, do, just think good things and, and think. Well, there's a principle behind that. There's, there's a law in operation there. But it's not governed upon relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's where we make a differentiation between the two. If you're here this morning just for the sake of turning your life around, we can give you some principles to do that. Do you hear me? We can give you, we can give you some, 
some principles to live your life by. And a lot of times that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road with a lot of people is they just want good concepts, good principles. They don't, they're not really, uh, they don't really care if Jesus is the Lord of their life or the master of their life. They just want some things to help them through, through the day-to-day. But we're not, we're, not, we're not those people. At least we should not be those people. We, we are about relationship. It, for us, it's about knowing him. That, that's what it is about for us. It's, it's about knowing him and making him known. That, that's why we're here. We, we, are, we have a mission to perform. It's not just the ABCs of success here. That's not, we're not teaching success that way. That is not why we're here. And I think a lot of people are because we see it when it comes to the compartmentalization of this gospel in other aspects of their life. He's not Lord of all areas of their life. Well, all areas of our lives. But he, he does teach some good principles. And, and there's some good business concepts. I mean, we can read through the book of Proverbs. Anyone can and get some good advice on how to run your life. But we're here for relationship. God has a mission for us to perform. God has something for us to do. And he wants to use these principles that he's teaching us to accomplish his mission in the earth realm. That's why Jesus would say something like this. When you have seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do those things that I hear the Father say. He's talking about relationship. But he's also operating in the principle of believing in your heart and saying it out of your mouth. Knowing it on the inside and speaking it out of your heart. It is out of the abundance or the knowing of the heart that the mouth will speak. What is abundance? What is abundance? Abundance is knowing it. Abundance is knowing, it's knowing, I know this, I know, I heard him say it, and I'm going to go to the bank with it, I'm going to speak it out loud, I know what he said to me, that's abundance, meager is, I'm not quite sure, I'm not real sure, if, if it, I don't, I don't, I heard, yeah, but I'm not real sure, I, I'm not, not quite sure. See, if, if, if Bill Gates came in here, and, and we knew him to be Bill Gates, and he told um, Greg over here, said, Greg, I said, listen, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm working a program, and we need people to look like you to work this program. And Greg said, well, what do I look like? <laughs> <laughs> and so he says, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're going to, we're gonna give you an opportunity, Greg, so I'm going to give you a million dollars and I want you to invest that any way you would like. But I want you to invest it in a way that will produce. Did he need to tell him that a hundred times for him to believe it? Bill Gates said it. How many of you would, would say, oh, I don't know about that. Or would you, would, how would Greg leave here? Greg would leave here saying what? What would come out of his mouth? What would that abundance come out of his mouth saying? He's, he's going to say, I'm about to get a million dollars. I'm going to get a million dollars. I'm going to get a million dollars. How come? If Bill Gates said it, Bill Gates said it. We know him bonafide. Bill Gates said it. Bill Gates' name is now on the line, is it not? Because if he doesn't come through, what's going to happen? Greg's going to say, you lied to me. 
The same is true with God. When God says, I'll supply all your needs, and we hear him, we hear in abundance, we hear him say it. Not, I heard Pastor Logan say it. Not, I heard the Bible say it. But I heard God say it. I heard God say, all my needs are met. I heard God say it. When we hear God say it, then we're going to go tell everybody that it's already taken care of. I got it. It's coming. It's on its way. Because now I heard God say it. Most of us, most of us just heard the Spanish. We just heard the, the, uh, the Ethiopian, uh, uh, yeah, Amharic, right? Something like that. And so we, we, we're just hearing what someone else says, but it's all womp, 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 womp. And so we, we read our Bibles, but we never, in reading our Bibles many times, we never hear God say it. We never hear God say it because God is trying to get us to conceptualize his word so that we can then speak it. See, we think the, the, the direction is this. The direction for the proclamation is from us to God and then back to us. No, it's, it's, it's from God to us. It's God saying something and we are saying what God said. The Bible says God said. In other words, Romans 10 verse 9 and 10 says this. If you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. What is the salvation? Salvation is healing, deliverance, preservation, soundness, safety. All of those things. And what is he saying? If, if you confess, confess means to say the same thing as. Confess means to acknowledge. It means to acknowledge that I heard them say it. So, so I heard some person say it like this. When, 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 when the uh, air traffic controller, when the plane is coming in, the air traffic controller begins to send out uh, words like um, whatever they say, you know, like, I'm going to make up some stuff. Like um, 747. <laughs> Coming in on 10445. Acknowledge. If they don't hear anything, they say it again. 7447. What did I say? 104445. If they don't hear anything, 747, 10444. They still don't hear anything. They're going to say it again because they are trying to get an acknowledgement that you heard me. When we speak what God says, it means we acknowledge that we heard you, Daddy. We heard what you just said. We're saying what you said. That's all confession is. Confess means to say the same thing as. Say what he says. All right? Let's look at some more scripture because some of you all looking at me sideways. Level. Look at this scripture here. John chapter 12 and verse 49. We may go up a little, a little above that, but uh, yeah, let's look at 49. It says, <clears throat> I don't speak on my own authority. 
I don't speak of my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. That's a principle. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands. I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. I say whatever. So what is what not said, but what is, what is inferred here? It says what the Father says, but what is, what's, the, what's the inference? He's not saying it on his own, but what else is inferred? He's acknowledging God, but what else is inferred? That he hears the Father. Yeah, that, that's the inference. I mean, listen to what he says. He says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me, in other words... Bill Gates said it. I'm not, is Greg speaking on his own authority? I'm going to have a million dollars? No, he's saying Bill Gates said. I'm only saying what he said. I'm, I'm, I'm operating in the, under his authority. He said this. I didn't say it. He said it. I'm saying what he said. And he comes with full authority, right? He says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And now, and I know his commands lead to eternal life. What is the eternal life? Eternal life, sometimes we think that it means what? Heaven, right? And it has that in, but more so, it means eternal or the God kind of life. It means the God, Zoe, life, Zoe, the God kind of life. It means eternal God kind of life. And so he's telling them that I'm not speaking of my own authority. I hear what he tells me and I say what he says. So think about all the things that Jesus said. When he said to the man who came seeking healing for his son, he said, go, your son has been made well. Did he do that on his own authority? No. He heard his father say that. He heard the spirit say that. That's why it's important for us before we, we launch out into praying for people to say, oh, well, 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 hold up, wait a minute. Father, what do you have to say about this? Oh, okay. All right. Father just told me to tell you that you're well. Someone told me something just the other day. Just saying, and just, just, just in their spirit, what they got. And they said this to me, and it ministered to me so much. Of a certainty, it's done. Heard it, heard it from the Father. It registered in my spirit. I relaxed. See, the rest that God has called us into is a rest of knowing that, that you can bank on his words. He, he's going to do it. If I start coming back to him and saying, oh, you know what, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not certain about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that you meant what you just said. I, I'm not, what have I just done? I've just come out of what? Faith. 
faith is a byproduct of what we are convinced of in our hearts. So Jesus says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say, everybody say say. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. So I say, so what we have to work on is hearing from the Father. We've got to work on hearing his voice. Knowing what he says. That scripture I will share with you this morning which I think is the biggest challenge for all of us. Turn to me, with me to John chapter 15. So what, what is our bigger challenge? Is our, is, our challenge? is our challenge getting God to do something or hearing what God says? It's hearing what God says. So how do we change that? Verse 7 says, but if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. But if you remain in me, everyone say remain. remain. Live in. Live in. Take up residence in. Abide in. Me, and my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Our job is to hear what he has to say. I was at a baseball game uh, last Wednesday. Michael was playing in a, in a tournament. And there was a gentleman and his family that was uh, in, a, in a tent right beside us. And so one of the umpires came down, the, um, came down, and he was some distance from us, but he was going down the steps over, by, over at Patton. And, and this person yells out loud to the umpire. And the umpire turned around and said, like that. And I'm like, well, what was that all about, you know? I mean, who has that type of, you know, and it was like it was from some distance. But when the umpire heard that voice, he said, like that. So I sat there for a little while, and I kind of wanted to know why the guy responded from some distance. And here's what I found out, that the umpire was the son of the gentleman who was sitting right beside us. And when he heard his voice, out of all of the voices and all of the clamor and all of the space and all of the distance, all of the things, he heard one voice. And when he heard that one voice, he said, that's my daddy. <laughs> now, that would have been fighting for some, wouldn't it? On both sides. But in this case, he knew his father was just joking with him. And he just kind of wrote it off. But in the midst of all of that, he heard his voice. I see it in, in games all the time, especially baseball, basketball, when you go to them. And a, and a father will be amongst all the crowd, a lot, all the noise. You hear a father say, hustle. All of these voices. And, and, and he'll go, 
Why is that? Because he knows that voice. He knows that voice above all other voices, above all other clamor. He knows that voice because he's lived with that voice. He's abided with that voice. He's taken up residence with that voice for however many years. He knows that voice. And when he knows that voice, he responds. My question to you and myself, how much time are we abiding with, taking up residence with, listening to? Now, can I share one last scripture to you? you? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Mm, You'll love this. I think. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. Could you put that up for me? It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and your bread bread boards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. You can leave it right there. Now listen to this uh, same uh, translation of that. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. It says, says, um, And it shall come to pass, if you shall hear intelligently, be obedient to, Declare, everybody say declare. What does declare mean? It means to say it, right? It means make a declaration, declare. It says, and it shall come to pass if you shall, if you shall hear intelligently, be obedient to, declare wholly, completely, far, fast, louder, and louder what God has said to observe and to do all his commandments then all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Can I read that one more time? Can, can we do that one more again? Listen to this. And it shall come to pass. When? If you hear intelligently. How many of you heard intelligently? Wasn't it? Uh, I, the Ethiopian language. How many of you heard intelligently the Spanish language? One, maybe two people. Some of y'all caught a few words like hola. That's all you got. So intelligently means that we entertain it. We can entertain it in our thoughts. We understood it. It was converted from our heart to our minds. We understood those words, those thoughts. So listen to it. It says, if you show, it shall come to pass if you hear intelligently. If you hear intelligently, that means your intellect is involved. Be obedient to, declare it, declare it wholly, completely, Far, fast, louder, and louder what God has said to observe and to do all his commandments, then all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. So we're abiding in the word of God. We hear what God says, and then we begin to talk about it. And we begin to say it. Far, fast, louder, and louder. How many have ever told your child, um, here's what Santa's going to bring you for Christmas? We don't, well, (laughs) we've never told our kids that. But anyway, if you happen to tell your kids that, and and what do they begin to say from from Thanksgiving until 
December 25th, I'm going to get a red bicycle. I'm going to get a red bicycle. I'm going to get a red bicycle. I'm getting a red bicycle. I'm getting a red bicycle. What are they doing? They're declaring. It's not guesswork. They're declaring what their parents just said that they were going to have. They say it. Whatever that thing might be, once a child, once a child gets a confirmation, gets an acknowledgement, says, is that right? Is, is that what? Oh, okay. Here's what, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm going to get. Here's what I'm getting. Here, and, and by the time it gets there, you, you're all in their hands, right? You can't even let them down, can you? No, my, 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 no I got I to gotta get this one gift. I got to get this. Parents, last minute rushing through doors after Thanksgiving sale. Why are they doing that? Because they made a declaration. There's something expected of them. They don't want to lose face in the presence of their child. Well, guess what? The Bible says that our God loves us infinitely more than we love our own children. Won't he do it? Come on now. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? If he put his name out there and said that I will do it, will he not do it? Will he make himself compromise his own name? No. You can, if you stand and having done all, stand long, fast, louder and louder and louder. And here's the deal. You cannot help yourself from being louder and louder the more convinced you are of it. You won't, you won't even be able to stop. You'll be talking real loud like, yeah, I'm healed. <laughs> because you're convinced of it. It's when we squeak with it. It's when we... But that's all right. When you hear it for yourself, your voice will change. I said, when you hear it for yourself, when you know it on the inside, your voice will change. You'll be talking about long last, louder and louder, faster and faster. When you hear it for yourself, the anchor of your soul is what you hear from God. It will anchor you in the midst of storms. That's why God will not leave things up to guesswork. Somebody say, well, I've been called to ministry, I think. Well, you are not called to ministry yet. You might be called, but you're not yet. If you think about it, because the anchor of your soul has to be, I heard God say. I heard God speak to me. I heard God in the middle. Of, how are you going to give up on ministry if you heard God say something? If you heard God tell you something? How am I going to give up? It doesn't matter if one person comes to church on a Sunday or ten, until God says, George, you are no longer responsible but I heard God say some 30 years ago, I heard God say, George, I called you to this ministry. I heard God say that. And so that's the fuel. That's what I say. That's the anchor of my soul is having God said it. God said it. God said it. What, what anchors Kim and keeps her coming is that I know God said, and she's following what she believes God heard God say. And this has kept us through the storms. This has caused us to move forward. This is what caused us to keep on going. This is what's caused anyone is the picture that they see. It's the image that has been converted that has now been spoken. Are you here with me? The Bible says, do not lose confidence 
in what you've been saying because he's faithful. I said he's faithful. And he will come through. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the word today. Thank you for helping us to develop in our faith, to be honest with ourselves as we, where we are right now, but not be ashamed, not be condemned, but to seek to, be, to abide with you, to live in you, to take up residence in you, to think about you all the time, meditate upon you, to commune with you on a regular basis, to hear your voice speak to us. Father, I declare right now this morning that religion is broken over New Day Christian Church. Religion, religion is but a glove separating us from the reality of your hand. We break that glove. We take that glove off right now. We remove it so that there'll be flesh upon flesh, spirit upon spirit, so that we hear, so that we're able to hear. All of us here today, Father, we stamp out, we put up under our feet movement that is not movement from your word, action that is not action based upon your word. We stomp it out right now in the name of Jesus. Give us ears to hear, Father. Cleanse us. Cleanse all the wax out of our ears that keeps us from being able to hear your voice. Help us to hear. And Lord, we receive it. We thank you for it. We're no longer going through the motions. We're no longer attending just to be attending. We're here to hear. We're here to hear. And so we thank you for that right now. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.